Well, it is my honor and uh, and privilege to have a conversation with John Savage. Uh, you are one of my heroes in acting. I, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of your work and, and what Thank a body you. of work you have. And Tony Toscano, this is my first time I guess we've talked, but uh, I admire what you're doing right now. I've missed you on the junkets. Every time we've had a junket uh, on a movie of yours, you you you're not there. So, oh no. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in touch with you. We have to more. We have to stay more in touch in these in this world today. I think so, and I think uh, I I think it's I love communication. It's why I've done this for fifty years. It's been a great career. I mean, I was just saying, if you've done this, if you've done this amount of communicating for 50 years, and uh, in the shape you're in right now, I'm I'm thinking I could I could nominate you. I would I would nominate you for leadership, <laughs> the highest role uh, that I could think of. Well, speaking that. of nominations, uh, congratulations being considered for uh, the Emmy. What a what a terrific honor um, that is. Well, you know, there's so much to uh, say about a lot of these award shows that what we've got with in our in my business our business of media and, and television and, and, and uh, wire wi-fi and cable and we have some incredible stories you know that are being shown entertainment if you want to say is really grown um sports i can watch so many different areas of sports all over the world um, my acquaintance with uh, Nelson Mandela over the years, I remember him saying while I was there how sports could possibly help bring peace to the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, like these these stories, a lot of us are gaining a little more of our knowledge about other people in our world and what's going on with our own country and people of all different uh areas of our country, whether they're in service overseas, like this show, really mm-hmm. brings us to today. Uh, and for me, I've grown up with that uh, experience of people, men and women in service, and today more than ever, there's a tremendous amount of women involved with uh, ranking positions in military active duty all over the world with the support of uh, uh, all kinds of people involved at home and connected to other parts in the world. And in our own communities, when uh, I, I go to these meetings that I'm invited to, you know, for whatever you want to call it, it's, uh, support or recovery, and all kinds of people, maybe not just for military service, but this need for support groups of uh, some kind, it sounds like a little wimpy. But um, in our, our area of communities now, there's that need for recognition uh, of others that have similarities that some people will not relate to, you know, whether it's military service or fire, firefighting or, or police action or, um, you know, there's a need, well, well we, we could say maybe psychological help. Yeah. Oh God, don't, don't talk about that too much. Or just maybe spiritual support, speak of the devil or the uh, uh, higher power. The idea that we need help in this world today more than ever just to kind of accept the changes that are going on in, in other people. You know, we have uh, challenges going on in our neighbors and our families and 
whether it's mental challenges, mental health, physical uh, disorders, um, uh, addictions, yeah. you know, or financial insecurity, and uh, a lot of a lot of emotional stress, you know, whether it's a kid really angry at the world and trying to find some release and, uh, uh, you know, be committing crimes to get what they feel they need. And uh, this, this has grown to a level where hmm, maybe we need each other more, Matt, rather than building, uh, you know, wars. I see the difficulty in police and other areas. You know they're 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 now financially uh, supported for terrorist attacks yeah. in the smallest community, but where's the day when a cop used to work to beat, talk to everybody? <laughs> I yeah, he was part of, he was a part of a community, and we yeah. seem to have gone through a a a stretch where we've alienated people from our communities. Uh, the cop on the beat, the uh, school teacher, you know, the crossing guard. Everybody seems to be. Uh, alienated. Yeah, there's, I think there's just a lot of fear, a lot of stress, uh, a lot of excitement, you know. Uh, I remember in the 50s when I was young, getting, starting to see the world a little bit better at four or five years old. I mean, parties, alcohol, drinking, smoking, and then some people shooting themselves. Yeah. Why? Emotional stress. They, you know, a lot of people served and came through the depression and made it. And uh, then they, like their parents, had a, went to serve in the Second World War. Uh, they had already grown up with a lot of uh, stress around them, maybe alcoholism or emotional. And they were taught to swallow that stress. You know, shows like SEAL Team does do a lot to show that it's, you know, it's okay to feel something. It's okay to express yourself. Where years ago, when we were growing up, that wasn't manly, you know, you, 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 manned it out, you walked it off, you know, and, and a lot of great people, a lot of really stoic leadership with people who had suffered, you know, and lost their, you know, their relationships. My dad's lost uh, his whole squad in the core of Guadalcanal yeah. and quiet, toughest kid on the block, but you know, these huge six foot eight, huge hands, and one of his ways for getting through things, even though he had injuries, he, he, he had uh, big feet, big hands, and he had some broken bones in the areas. But he would want, he'd shoot baskets with me at five years old, or he'd take me out on a golf course as a little kid. Hmm. You know, he was a champion athlete, swimmer, cha a lifeguard on uh, Jones Beach as a kid. I look at these squads, this squad, and of course the leadership of the squad, David Boreon, he has captured that role of being a squad leader. And uh, a big transition from his, his other great show he was on, uh, Forensics. And, mm -hmm. uh, stuff. He had a sense of humor with intelligence on that one. This one? Oh, I can see him swallowing a lot of stuff, and it's even brought out more. And is now is is at this point in the show, years, ten years maybe, I think, inactive duty, with people losing losing men, yeah. women, uh, commanding officers who were women back in the camp, and uh, this this uh, position of being a leader. These men, especially the, the incredible training of this area of uh, service in the SEAL uh, 
SEAL team, they, they are the top elite, and they are individuals. They may Then they have a team of uh, men who are in, very independent, yeah. you know, uh, and they do need to work together as a team, but they are completely self-sufficient and in their training, years of training, years of sacrifice, years of, of duty. And uh, in the last, in the film I got to do, uh, uh, the last full measure was a Vietnam story, like the deer hunter. But even in that one, it showed that effect of service and duty after service and dealing with family and coming home, which I was so grateful to play a dad in SEAL Team, to play a dad who has his own stuff going on, but It, his team was his family, his wife, his, his son, and the land became it, and his, his horses. And but he lost that level of of really knowing who anybody was. You know, he would go to the bar and probably drank uh, a bit. And uh, this young lady who grew up with his son, he, maybe he shared some time talking to her. And she, she as a woman, or as a woman who was, she was compassionate and uh, she grew to a place where the little moments in our episodes together were for me so welcome. I meet so many people over the years. I go to these meetings and uh, whether I served or not, I, I grew up with that. And uh, the people, I mean, even now who are part of recovery after sobriety or after psychological, which is never enough groups, in recovery, the world they come back to rarely, and there is a tremendous effort usually in men and women to adapt, to get a job. And we have a problem in our whole country today. Um, and I saw this happening even as a little boy. After the Second World War, this country was not rich. Yeah. You know, but the government helped people who were active in their process of accumulating uh, strength in business or other stuff, whether it was what we call the Pentagon military industrial complex, gained a lot of power, whatever that might have been. Steel industry, oil, blah, 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 military products, uh, science, a lot yeah. of growth with science in our world today, which science, I guess, is discredited by a large amount of people. But the idea that the government, the government had consideration, the government was the people. Yeah. And people were given GI Bill support. Uh, you could buy a, you could get a car. I remember my dad, my mom was educated, highly educated, which was actually stressful for her. And I witnessed that as a kid. You know, independence is not always a good idea. She needed help. And she was trying to help my big dad, tiny little mom. And sometimes, you know, he had to pull himself together, stand up to his full height in the morning after having nightmares. Yeah. She really couldn't help him with. She had, they had to stay distant in the bedroom. I mean, he was, he was six foot eight, one arm going flying and boom, oh, break a wall. Yeah, we kind of share that. My father fought at Anzio and uh, came wow. back. You know, he. You had family from Italy yeah. in service 
in Anzio. And and he he was stay, he he went to Palermo for a while too. But God bless him. Wow. It. My dad. My dad brought me to meet a guy who had started a, a little restaurant. Two tables. I remember two tables. And he had fought in the American army. Yeah. And he brought family, maybe a father, to America. And that was who was in the tiny little restaurant. My dad went, and he did this because he didn't know a lot of Marines who had survived in his, our area. But he was, he would, that big hand to go out to somebody who would serve. That was his, his way of getting out of his head. They, people don't come back the, way, the same and they need a voice. And back then, there w we didn't understand that. I think today we're better. We treat our GIs better, but we don't give them the full benefits that they had coming back from World War II because the, the government then was, was... And you know, there's, just, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of information today, more... We have incredible... I mean, they had two TV networks, maybe. Uh, um, you know, and I remember everybody, a little tiny TV, which today <laughs> is such a prominent educational source mm -hmm. for exposure. I mean, I, as a kid, I was sickly. I was premature. I was always sick. I had polio. I, I had trouble with my lungs. I would read. I read, and I would watch these old black and white movies. Città Aberta Roma, in Italian, with subtitles. As at four years old, I learned how to read and speak Italian. Okay, got a Oh my God! Now, don't tell anybody what I said. Yeah, no, we won't put up a translation. Um, but the idea that this, 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 this was this was a, it was an exciting time, and I think we're growing now to simplify things. It's not easy today. It's just not easy. Were your parents supportive of your acting? Did they did they encourage that? They did. They tried to encourage me every way they could, you know, because I was kind of out there and uh, I still am. Mm. But I've also gained too much confidence. And now I've got to go <laughs> back because, you know, I've, uh, I've got a lot of uh, you know, ego way out there. But I'm, I am a dreamer. You know, I'm just like a lot of younger people. Um, you know, I have imagination, have dreams and a lot of frustration. I know um, you 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 spent a lot of time giving back. I know you started a children's theater. You 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 did that. You you work with anti-apartheid in 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 Africa. I mean, I was I was driving a car underage, picking up people that would be part of my little show, doing a musical and projects on us in the projects. Got three bucks a show, and uh, a lot of some homeless guys or whatever. I pick them up, wear a silly hat, and I had marionettes that I made. Mm -hmm. And that was the different one of the different parts of these little shows. I remember backing off the wash the uh, Washington. Oh my God, uh, Washington Bridge yeah. down in Brooklyn, Washington. What am I saying? Ah, I can't remember the name of the bridge that I would go back and forth from Brooklyn to uh, New York. Anyway, but the uh, just the excitement of being able to perform, which was encouraged. I had support from my big dad, who tried to get me into college. I wanted to go to college, but I knew I'd already started working. You know, I'd already started getting support. An Italian couple of, who were opera singers and, and musicians, we met in uh, a church. Um, they heard me singing in choir. We didn't have a Protestant church built yet where we were. And we were, uh, people eventually started working on this church, and we had friends in the neighborhood 
but they brought me to the Catholic Church. It was for me. It was it was Latin. It was so so mysterious, so beautiful. The music, and they heard me singing as a little boy, and then eventually they started training me. And then they had me singing in a nightclub with their little group. Mm. And I worked in their recording studio to cut cut out cut little uh, songs for possible artists that they knew, like people working in Vegas or. Uh, uh, Martin, Al Martino's thing going on in New York, you know, they would give them songs that I had cut for them. But singing in a nightclub at 14, 15, and cutting these little records at that age, I was given these gifts of support by my family, a little freedom. Next thing I know, I'm on Broadway in Fiddler. On, I did some shows on Park Broadway, and I was in Fiddler with uh, Bette Midler. Yeah. In, in it and uh, Zero. What, what, what an amazing performer Zero Mostel was. All of the guys playing that role, I'll remember the names maybe in a minute, and uh, the music. You know, having that gift to be able to sing, I wasn't even thinking about performing. I was thinking about stories. I, I was always dreaming of or involved with the stories that I was able to be a part of. Uh, which was an incredible, I learned the history, you know, of, uh, of the Ukraine and, and mm -hmm. what was going on with that, uh, the writer, great writer of that original story of Fiddler. Um, and in New York, I just met so many different characters from different cultural backgrounds growing up. And, uh, you know, the Italian music. I mean, uh, I love opera. My mom would sing it. And I never thought about singing. I just liked the music. I mean, I met, eventually I met great singers, Al Martino, um, uh, Dean Martin and his son in LA eventually. Tony Martin. And all kinds of great music and stuff in New York. Just great. Playing, playing the, uh, the Caruso records at home. Uh, oh. We did that too. The old Victrola. Yeah, what a voice! What a voice! And, uh, some great, great singers in the fifty that went on to just even today the opera singers. Do you enjoy the live performance? Do you do you feel that love? You know, from the applause because uh, it's not there in movies and television. You don't. You're not in front of a live audience usually. It's different. You know, it's very sporadic. Uh, there's a lot of chaos going on with other things and people. And it's, it's very, you know, it's tricky. Sometimes the script itself brings an essence with the people or the leadership, the direction, mm -hmm. where everyone seems to be on the same page. The feeling is there. Uh, the, my being brought into the last full measure, which... I'm so that's another reason it brought this being in SEAL team was like bringing me to today from this film, which brought us to today from the actor, from the active uh, duty in Vietnam to what these great and true story, what these men mostly were carrying and their wives and things that they'd held on to for 30 years. Yeah. And finally, the government 
oh, maybe this is where this actually happened. And this may be really the uh, story that these people carry and understand. Because so many people knew, just knowing these men, growing up for years, thousands of people showed up to honor them when they recognized the service. And that these men wanted to recognize one young man who sacrificed his life to save 60 men out of 600. Yeah. That we're all going to, you know. It's an incredible movie. Uh, Sebastian Stan. You uh, saw and true story, yeah. And and I think we're uncovering more and more of that uh, belated honor because we we as a as a nation tend to forget, but we should never forget. In SEAL Team, you get to live with them yeah. in active duty. I mean, each one of these guys is incredible. The characters, the actors that are playing these people, like I said about David, the, the, the Jason Hate playing the character Jason Hate or AJ. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Oh. His energy. I know these men. They're young men. And it's amazing. Ten years maybe of service or more. And they're not 30 years old yet. Yeah. And they they have this commitment in their heart still. When they come home, what are they going to do with it? Where do they go? Yeah. It's not easy. And you, the spirit, when some of these men see the work of uh, some of these films that I've been able to do about the military, oh, oh. Mr. Savage, Mr. Savage. <laughs> Even guys that I know who are active in recovery, who are over 90 years old, who served in the Second World War, they come over with like a sense of humility mm-hmm. to say thank you, you know. I, I saw the deer hunter, I saw this, and you know, it was hard for me. It was hard because we don't, we we don't talk about those issues that you might have to go through yeah. as a military uh, soldier. You don't, you know. And I remember my dad sitting in a corner with vets. Like I see these guys talking and trying to make humor with each other and ready to go in and go down. You know, yeah. even though they're a team, they they're together totally. And it's it's like it's. You know, it's it's really great. And uh, my dad would sit together quiet in the corner with a lot of men with different areas of service, or women, and mother, and other uh, people. And I was maybe five years old at the most. Mm. What are they talking about? What are they doing? They have that drink in their hand. And that was uh, post-Korean War. And some young man, my, one man, I remember coming in by himself, no wife, no girlfriend, and sitting with these guys, and I sensed like an emotional event going on. There's a connection between soldiers. Like breaking down, yeah. losing control. And I didn't really understand where the words, there was no words. There was no, they don't have to talk. It was support. Just support. You and I have nothing in common except the fact that we served and I don't know who to talk to except I understand what you went through because of what I went through. That's it. Well, they were creating their own, you know, street corner focus groups and, you know, help groups. Totally. Yeah. A lot of kids do that, you know, when they get together on the corner, 
And unfortunately now, if you're in the wrong neighborhood mm. and you're in the wrong color and you're hanging out with other guys on the corner, you'll have two cops pull up. Yeah. What are you doing there's, here? There's no singing under the street lamps anymore. No. Oh, I remember in Brooklyn, in Greenpoint, I was very young. But these guys, don't, you don't cross the street. You know, maybe we were very young. We were mm. But don't go over there. Don't go over to that car. No, don't go over there. And those boys are bad. Those, those, those yeah. well, they were bigger than me. You know, they were wearing really cool coats with their hair slicked back, really nice cars, and their bro- their little brothers and I would see each other. And eventually, we all got together. <clears throat> but the idea was, these were tough kids, yeah. Polish kids, Italian kids, Jewish kids. They weren't kids, man. They were tough probably 15, 16 years old. And they built the motorcycles. They fixed them up. And they had names on the back of their coats. And at night, yeah. you want to know how tough they were? Oh, they were getting together and singing, man. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> it touched you. It's amazing to me, your history and and how you bring that to the screen. You You, you are your history in acting it informs your acting doesn't it i don't know i forget i mean i've been i've been working i feel like just i'm getting started you know what i'm saying and i actually think i've got over 60 years wow what the who what who who said that what who what i'm yeah i'm i'm not that old you're not i have to i have to accept that I, you know, like a lot of my lady friends and my, my girlfriend, I just like, John, zip it. <laughs> you know, and it's good, it's wise. As a yeah. husband, let me give you a little advice. Zip it. Always know when to shut up. Know when to close it and yeah. listen. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Oh, that's that was really terrible. Who knows what she said. But just go with it. Yeah. Yeah, you never, you're not going to win that argument ever. Um I think we have a lot of that in our world today where you'll see more wisdom in good leadership today. We need to see more patience. Mm. Uh, and people actually go into the neighborhoods. You've got a, very, a lot of very conservative, let's say, Republicans yeah. who I know, like my family and my whole, the whole community when I was growing up, who may not talk about it, but like the men's groups that I'm invited to sometimes uh, with the, you know, the uh, rotary clubs or whatever, they're involved with communities outside of their own. Yeah. With young people outside of their own. Uh, James Brown, God bless him. I hope he's well. I don't know if he passed by now, but he started the Ameri can for boys. And I saw my dad doing this at least once in my, my vague memory. I was a little boy in a car and he's talking to two police officers and there's another tall African-American man with them. He was actually a boy. Mm. To me, it looked like a big man. Big, tough guy. Wasn't smiling. But my dad with his attitude of like pulling himself up tall, he looked like a Marine but he was always quiet and these hands that they came up, they were always slow and gentle. And he convinced 
for some reason that he was willing to have this young man come with us from the two officers. Mm. I was maybe four or five years old. And it turns out this man was probably about 14. Wow. Right? But he was tall. And my dad is tall. And my dad always had a basketball, golf clubs in the back. And I do that today. Sometimes I actually use them. But he would shoot baskets. And in pain, his feet always had pain. Oh, boy. He loved basketball. He, he went to college after, after service. He went to Adelphi on Long Island. And he was one of the many, and my mom too, to help make it a co-ed university, I think, uh, for the men coming back. And uh, he was on a basketball team. And he would, we'd go to the basketball games at Adelphi. And that, you know, like other young people he met as a young man, from other communities. And, you know, my mom told him like the squad that he fought for in his dreams to try to save after the war, he lost them all. He lost all of them. He was a gunner. And we, they didn't have the same sort of political views. All right. And I, I go through this now. A lot of the men I get together with, they're different than yeah. the things I do. Uh, a lot of these uh, shows on the, on the computer, what do they call them, uh, podcasts or yeah. whatever. And they discuss things having to do with either after military service, work, difficulty with, difficulty with finding it, or how do they apply themselves in, in this area of service to the community or work or issues that they're having with a lot of the demonstrations recently, you know, this whole thing. They would stop before critical, uh, you know, judgment. Nope. Not there, not where they're going to go. They may have different political position, but they would go to a place and then we're going to have to fix those shops up. We got to go to that one shop. They had, they tore that whole thing down and that poor old couple, they own that shop and they tore it down. Hey, what, you know, all right, we're going to go, we will go there and help them. Skip the political politics. They, it's like my dad with that hand going out. He couldn't get a job. I remember my mom's shaking her head sometimes, but he pulled himself together and, take me somewhere to meet people or go talk to some men uh, about their issues and stuff. And uh, maybe uh, talk about getting an organized uh, baseball team as we got bigger, uh, young people getting them together, Boy Scouts, that yeah. started Boy Scout. you know, what do we do about it? Not how do we confront other people different than us with their things? Yeah. Whatever energy was coming up and some of it may be a little bit of, frustration but they wanted to find a purpose and that's what we've got to do. I, I think your father left you with a wonderful gift because you really do the same thing in your life. You you I did it for a while but now I stopped drinking. No that's another story. <laughs> well that's that's good that you did but your community service I mean you you do carry on that legacy whether you know it or not. Not not enough. And uh, so I talk a lot about it but 
and a lot of people get tired of me talking about it. I've, I've been to other countries, and I remember stand, getting standing up and involved with the development of a union for the business in South Africa, and these young people were doing so much, really working, and I was a part of that. And I stood up at one of the meetings to speak, and the young fellow who was a friend said, sit down, Mr. Savage. You're not South African. Yeah. Oh, they were getting it. <laughs> I'd done my duty, you know. I'd done enough. And it, it, it's, uh, you know, that happens a lot too, sometimes, too, because I do talk to much. But before, before we, we wrap up, and my God, what a great conversation I've had with you. Me too. Thank you. Do, do you... Do you have a favorite role, a favorite movie that you've been in? Or are they all your children? Yeah, that's, that was a well, that was nicely put because I'm lost sometimes with what I have to put, my, where to put my priorities. Uh, I mean, even in my work, sometimes I'm either, sometimes I can fall into something that it's like the words are just there. I'm, I'm there. And it's like in, in, in this opportunity, I was, I was involved with this feeling of, I was that father of those, those two young people, the young mm -hmm. woman and the young man. And I saw them in, as that. I didn't see him as my son. He was in my heart, but he was now a young man. And she had, I'd watched her change, but I was not a part of her life. I was isolated. And that feeling of where do I put my priorities now? Yeah. In this feeling for them or him. I want them to have a future. And it's theirs, not mine, not this ranch, not my worries, not my frustration and my depression and all that. No, that's nah. My energy and my hope, whatever he's going through, you know something? I'm proud of him. You're going to be okay. Damn. You know, yeah. I can tell you've changed. You're carrying something on your shoulders. Just you're coming here and walking around and breathing. You got something. You got a relief. That's all it is. You got a life in you. Those men who built this with you is are your commitment. It's not over. You've lost men over there. They're in your heart. There's men you still have a duty with, independent of anybody but yourself, with them. You know, your soul can disappear sometimes. It's like, where do I put my priorities in life? Yeah. Be here now. Thank you, God. You know, thank you for everything. My state of confusion is a gift. Slow <laughs> down. You know? I like the way you put that. Hey, the Italians. Hey. They don't, where, where are you from? Naples, Sicil Sicily, uh, Venezia. Tuscany. Huh? Tuscany. Tuscany, I just was working over there. I was up in Beautiful. Tuscany. Beautiful film. Wonderful film about, you know, some issues with family uh, in Italy. I, I played, um, I'll probably put it in Italian. I, I, I speak Italian really well because they got great actors who dub the, the words for me. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not speaking it, but I just work. Uh, we were working with a company there. We're going to go back uh, because of this thing. We've, we've had to postpone a lot of stuff. And uh, just, I mean, I've worked in Italy for years. It's for me, it's, it's a gift. And yeah, it is a gift. I, I, I try to get there, you know, every couple of years and just relax. Verona is my favorite place on earth. I mean, I just love Verona. Right. Um, well, that's a secret. Don't tell everybody. I know you spent a little time in Salt Lake City. You were you did a touch by an angel out here at one time. That was out of, that was a, and that was such an like out of nowhere miracle because we had just been attacked in New York, mm-hmm. and my friend Bob's wife, Bob Anderson, who is cop in the, captain of the harbor, police officer, his wife called me and said, "John, it's four thirty in the morning there where we were. It's four thirty in the morning." She said, "John, you got to turn the TV on." And my God, oh, somebody crashed into the building. Oh, yeah. what crashed that plane into the building, uh, to the, to the, it's the uh, towers, the uh, downtown. And then, boom, the second one. We screamed, it's war. Yeah. It's war. We're at war. And all my friends in New York, a lot of the people I know, some women that could not leave their apartment for months. And I got a call that day, Mr. Savage. Um, we've lost the ability to fly people out here for our program, for our filming, for Touched by an Angel. My son has a mental disorder. He's doing great with his program. Uh, they are, we'd like you to play this fellow with a mental disorder, uh, but would you mind driving out here for this episode? Thank you. Yeah. I needed that. You needed a road trip and you needed that job. I needed that specific job. Yeah. Getting out of this, putting this and this together is not easy sometimes, you know? Yeah. And that's when, th- when those kind of jobs come up, it's like. Well, that, that group was a great group. Roma and Martha and, and uh, Della. They, they, they were like family to us. They are angels. They are. There, there are angels here around us. A lot of men, women, children. We, you know, and we get, we, we get confused about stuff, but, you know, we are blessed. And, uh, you know, so I, I get a little too uh, weird here. It's okay, because I'm blessed to talk to you. I mean, I, again, as I started this interview, you are one of my favorite actors. And now... You're one of my favorite people because I, I very rarely get to do interviews with no walls. And I appreciate that because t- hearing about your dad, your family, the way you grew up, your love for acting. And my support of my parents who let me follow that path. You know, they supported that path. That To find a path in life is a gift, you know. Yeah. You know? In our seconds that we have left, yeah. what, what advice do you have to a young actor or actress? trying to make it in this business? Uh, pause when agitated. I heard that recently. I have to <laughs> Apply to affected area. I love that <laughs> phrase too. Breathe. Breathe. Keep it simple. Breathe. And, you know, agree with, agree with the other people, even if you don't agree. Just, yes, okay. To a director, you know, take it easy. We get too, I get too wrapped up in my own head mm. if I'm not careful. 
get in my own way sometimes. Every so often you got to step out of yourself and, and, and listen to the birds. Yeah. <laughs> John, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. And, and uh, I'm going to. That picture you have of uh, David. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, uh, that, that's an image. It's like, like AJ, AJ Buckley and Hannah, the great people I got to work with. I saw, I saw a lot of great directing and, and writing in this series that for me is uplifting in our world today, right now, what we're going through. So, yeah, these series are not like we used to watch, like Combat, you know, and the Rat Patrol. These are really deep characters that go beyond, you know, what was on the written word. They're, these actors are amazing in these And it's shows. not so different than what, what are in our world. No. It's not so different for a lot of challenges a young kid might see on the street he lives on. But, eh, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 